First of all, I want to welcome you this morning to Dorisville. Uh, if you're visiting with us this morning, I want to share with you that I am not our normal pastor. So don't make your judgments on Dorisville today based on what you hear from me. We want you to come back and hear our uh, senior pastor, Brother Dwayne Taylor, and you'll, you'll decide you want to make Dorisville your church home. I also want to say uh, welcome to those who are listening on the radio this morning. I think sometimes we don't recognize them like we should. Uh, we're thankful uh, for them as well, and we're thankful for WEBQ and allowing us to be able to share uh, God's Word every Sunday morning. And then I want to say thank you this morning, before I get into the Word, to everyone who played some sort of a part in last Sunday here at Dorsville. It truly was an awesome day with the Watoto African Children's Choir. There were 650 plus people in this room. And then we had our Easter community dinner. And I want to share just a little bit about that this morning before I get into the Word. We served 450 pounds of ham. That's a lot of ham. 360 pounds of green beans, about 300 pounds of corn, 400 pounds of Texas potatoes, 1,200 deviled eggs, 1,200 dinner rolls, and 1,200 cupcakes for dessert. Guys, all totaled last week, a very good and close guess, we served somewhere around 1,200 plus Easter dinners last Sunday. That's about 200 more than what we did last year, so we're already gung-ho for next year. It's going to be a great uh, Easter next year as well. I just want to really, from the bottom of my heart, say thank you to everyone who served in some way. We had an awesome crew show up on Saturday before to do prep work. Um, and then if, if anybody was paying attention in this room right here last Sunday... After church was over, the blue chairs went down, white tables went up with white chairs, and it just, there was this, it looked like chaos, but it was organized chaos. It went so fast, there was tons of people working. We had over 750 deliveries already boxed up and going out the back door uh, to be delivered. Uh before we even had this room set up for dining in. And there were somewhere around 350, I'm guessing, to dine in here. So it just truly was an awesome day. And I just would like to do this. If any of you had anything to do with prep work, working that day, or if you dined in with us on Easter or received a meal, would you stand up? There you go. 
people all over the church standing up. It takes you guys to be able to accomplish what was accomplished here last Sunday. So thank you very much uh, from the bottom of my heart for all that you did. Now then, with all that being said about how much food we served and everything, this week I want, or today I want to share a message with you about exercise. <laughs> yeah. And I get that reaction every time I say that. And you know, I, this is not the first time I've shared this message. I shared this message uh, for the very first time out at Union Grove Baptist Church. And Christy was asking me when we were going out there, she said, so what are you preaching on today? And I said, exercise. And we were in the truck and I could feel her staring at me. And I look over and I'm like, what? She's like, what do you know about exercise? <laughs> yeah, it cut me. It hurt. But you know, there is a couple of things I know about exercise. <clears throat> One, I don't like to do it. <laughs> Tell by looking. I don't like anything about exercise, and I never have. But there's something else I know about exercise, and it's this. It is very important. Exercise is important to stay in shape or to stay fit. Now, I want you to understand something this morning. I'm not here to talk about physical fitness. It wouldn't make any sense. One of the biggest guys in church up here talking about physical fitness, would it? But today I want to talk about <clears throat> your spiritual fitness. Or Christian exercise. How we should exercise as a Christian. And this is something I know a little bit about. You see, because I have been spiritually unfit or out of shape for many years of my life. You've all heard my testimony, or many of you have. But over the last several years of my life, I've been trying to uh, become more spiritually fit or spiritually in shape. I want you to listen to a quote I found. I have no idea who said it, but it's good. <clears throat> I want to share it with you this morning. It says, just as it is impossible to become healthy by merely reading books, or articles on physical fitness. You cannot develop spiritual fitness by simply reading the Bible or listening to sermons. Rather, you must apply what you are learning and energetically, or by energetically, doing the will of God. You know, we cannot become physically fit by opening up an exercise magazine. Well, the same thing applies to the Word of God. We cannot become spiritually fit just by reading the Word. But we must be doers of the Word. In James chapter 1, verse 22 through 25, and you can try to follow me today, but i got... 
ten orange tabs here I'm going to go through quickly. In James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25, it says this, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only. Be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. <clears throat> because if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, he goes away, and he immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but one who does good works, this person will be blessed in what he does. Just as it says over here that in this quote that um, we cannot become spiritually uh, in good shape or uh, we cannot develop spiritual fitness by sim simply reading the Word of God, but we must apply the Word of God. James says we must listen to the Word of God and simply put, be a doer of the Word and not a hearer of it only. The one who hears and does, or the one who hears the word and exercises the word in his life as a Christian, it says, will be blessed. We must not be a hearer of the word only, but we must exercise out in our life what we hear. Every week we come to church and the message that Dwayne brings to us, we must not just come in here and hear it, but we must take it out there and apply it. We must take the word of God, we must take the truth, and exercise it out in our lives. And we must do this on a daily basis. In other words, we must be living the word out in our lives. Why? For the sole purpose of building the kingdom of God. We have a job to do as followers of Christ. We have a job to do as Christians. And that job is to build the kingdom of God. In Luke 9, verse 62, Jesus tells us who is not fit or not in good shape, for the kingdom building process. I want to read 57 through 62. As they were traveling on the road, someone said to him, Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus told him that foxes have dens and the birds of the sky have nests. But the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Why did he say that? I think he... Jesus was telling this man, if you're going to follow me, you better get ready because it's not going to be easy. And then it says here that Jesus said to another man, follow me. And that man made an excuse. He said, Lord, first let me go bury my father. Jesus told him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and spread the news of the kingdom of God. And another also said, 
I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go say goodbye to those at my house. And here it is, verse 62, where Jesus says, Who is not fit for the kingdom of God? Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Those of us who profess to be Christians, those of us who profess the name of Christ as Lord, those of us who put our hands to the plow, those of us who say we will follow you, Lord, but we continue to look back at the way we were. We continue to look back at the world. We're not fit, Jesus says, for the kingdom. I love this example that Jesus gives uh, about the man putting his hands to the plow. I thought of my grandpa Bennett. He used to plant a garden, and he always had a big garden. He had one of those plows, you know, with the big wheels on the front. You can still buy them today, and I can... I can picture in my mind, I can see him doing it. He would till the space up with his tiller, but then he would get this hand plow out. And he would try to make as straight a rose as possible. I've seen men put markers, and they would follow the string even to try to get a straight row in their garden. But Grandpa, he had a, a point that he would look at over there, and he would go to that point. He would try to make his row as straight as possible. Can you imagine what it would look like if Grandpa had put his hands to the plow and started plowing but kept looking behind him? It would be a mess. Jesus says, he uses this as an example today to tell us, when you come to know me as Lord and Savior, but you don't focus on me and you keep looking behind, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. That's what he's saying. We've got to quit looking back at the way we used to be before Jesus. We have got to get our eyes set on the Lord. I have got to get my eyes set on Jesus. I've got to quit looking back at the world and all the crazy things that it has to offer. Jesus tells us here who's not fit for the kingdom of God. Anyone who looks back. Guys, I'm telling you this morning, those of us who profess to be Christians but keep looking back, we're not fit for the kingdom work. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, we have a warning about the world. It says, do not love the world or the things that belong to the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in him. For everything that belongs to the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride in one's lifestyle is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world with its lust is passing away. But the one who does God's will remains forever. We are being warned about the world and the things of it in this scripture. 
Guys, if you are caught up in the world today, your spiritual fitness is not good. Do you know someone who's caught up in the world today? Their spiritual fitness is not good. I can tell you two weeks ago on a Friday night, there was a knock on our front door at midnight. And it was a young lady who has been in this church, has been on this stage, who has a beautiful voice, has sat at the piano and played. And she's so caught up in the world, it's not even funny. Drugs has a hold on her. Guys, if you're caught up in the world today, your spiritual fitness is not good. You're spiritually out of shape if you find yourselves turning to the things you used to do before Jesus. Do you know anyone that once was spiritually fit like the girl that I talk about? You know, she was coming every Sunday. She was singing praises to the Lord. She was spiritually fit, and today she is in a spiritual mess. She needs help. She has fallen away, or she has wandered away. You know, we have a wandering problem. We have wandering eyes, and we have wandering minds that takes us away from the Lord. We even sing songs about wandering. Come thou fount of every blessing. Towards the end of the song it says that we are prone to wonder. Lord, I feel it. Can you relate with that? Prone to wonder. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God that I love. Here's my heart, O oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Paul writes in Romans seven nineteen. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but I practice the evil that I do not want to do. Paul had a tendency to wonder because of sin. We all do. In Psalm 119, uh, 10, David writes, 9 and 10, How can a young man or how can a man keep his way pure? By keeping your word, he says. I have sought you with all my heart. David says, don't let me wander from your commands. It's something we can't help. We have a tendency to wander. And man, I tell you what, the world is good at pulling our attention. The world is good at taking our attention away from the Lord. It says, here's what you need to be happy. And Jesus says, follow me. It's all you need. The world is working constantly. It comes to our cell phones. It comes to our youth. It comes right to them and tries to take them away and steal them away from the Lord. We have this tendency to wander away. I can't get the young lady out of my mind that knocked on her door. 
telling you, she has wandered away. You know, I, I heard Dwayne here say it not too long ago, that there's always a way out. There's always a way out. And I was thinking when I heard him say that the last time, well, okay, what's the way out to this? Or what's the way out to that? Well, the way out is Jesus Christ. And I shared that with the young lady as I took her to where she wanted to go. I couldn't help but seize the opportunity to pour just a little bit of Jesus into her that night. Guys, do you know of someone who has wandered? You know, it wasn't too long ago I asked Dwayne, I said, how many's on the roll at Dorseville? How many members do we have? Oh, well, if they all showed up, we'd have 800 to 1,000 people. Does that mean we have had that many to wonder? Do we care? We should. So what do we do if we are spiritually out of shape? What do we do? Well... What do you do if you're physically out of shape? If you want to get physically fit, you will join an exercise class, right? You'll try to get in shape. Or you might hire a personal trainer. I don't see myself doing that anytime soon. But that's what we want to do, or that's what we have to do, if we want to get in a physical, uh, in, physically in a better place or in a better in better shape, we've got to start working out. Well, guys, the same thing applies to spiritual fitness. We must work out in our lives what we know to be true. Hello. When we decide that we are going to get physically fit, like I've already mentioned, we might join an exercise class. And what does every exercise class have? Here they have refit for the women. And someone leads that class. There's an instructor in that class, right? Some of us might hire, hire a personal trainer, but there's always someone that is giving you instruction. And I'm here today to tell you that we have the absolute best or perfect instructor and that is Jesus Christ. If you want to become more spiritually fit for the sole purpose of building the kingdom of God and that is our job as Christians we need to start listening to Jesus. He is the perfect instructor. And guys we have the absolute best instruction manual known to mankind. We have all we need to get in spiritual shape. As Christians, we must be spiritually fit or in shape if we are going to be effective in the kingdom building process. Let me reword that. 
As Christians, we must be spiritually fit if we are going to be successful in producing fruit in the kingdom building process. Our job is to produce fruit in the kingdom. To get spiritually fit, we must keep our eyes on Jesus and not the world. In an exercise class, the instructor says, go here, go there, do this, do that. Well, if you want to get spiritually fit, when Jesus says, do this, you do it. When Jesus says, go here, you go. When Jesus says, love, you love. We should follow every move. That our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ makes. In Matthew chapter 6 verse 24. Jesus says. No one can be a slave of two masters. Since either he will hate one and love the other. Or be devoted to one and despise the other. No one can be a slave of two masters. If we reword this to say. No one can be a follower of two instructors. Imagine, well, here we are in our exercise class again, and we have two instructors, and one's saying do this, and the other saying do that. There's no way you can do them both. So the question is this. What are you a slave to? Who are you a slave to? And who are you listening to? Are you listening to the world or are you listening to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? There is no way we can listen to them both at the same time and be effective in the kingdom building process. When we listen to the instructions of our Lord, we hear him say things like this. Follow me. Every good instructor of any type of class that you're in will say, Okay, now listen, you need to follow me. Well, Jesus is saying, Christians, follow me. Follow my every move. Pay attention, and we'll get there together. And you'll find yourself in a better place. My friend that was knocking on the door at midnight at my house, if she would have stayed on path and followed Jesus, she wouldn't be in the mess she's in today. That's hard because the world is all around us and it's attacking and it's wanting to destroy our relationship with the Lord. Drugs are everywhere. Alcohol's everywhere. Internet porn's everywhere. Everything that is not good is just there and it's in our face constantly trying to destroy what we have with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What are you a slave to today? Who are you a slave to? And who are you listening to, the world or the Lord? Jesus says, follow me. Pick up your cross. Go, do, make, love, teach. He is the best instructor a Christian 
could have. He will say, follow me, deny self. Pick up your cross, how often? Daily. Go into the world. Do unto others. Make disciples. Love one another. Teach others about the kingdom. Are those not good instructions? You see, Jesus has given us all kinds of instructions for Christian living. We find it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in different parts of the word. But today I want to talk to talk about what I believe are the three most important instructions that Jesus gives us. If you're really interested in becoming more spiritually fit for the sole purpose of building the kingdom of God, you need to listen to these three things today. First one is this. We find it in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus says to them all, If anyone wants to come with me, he must deny self. Take up his cross daily and follow me. The first one is the most important. We must have a point in our life where we choose to follow Jesus. And then when we get to that point where we have where we profess Christ as Lord, Jesus says, listen, you're going to have to take your cross up. You want to be a follower of me, you're going to have to take your cross up. How often? Every day. It's a daily exercise that we as Christians should be applying to our lives to follow Christ, not just on Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night, but every day of our lives we should be following Jesus. Every day. Every day, he says, we must deny self. Of what? Well, all that junk in the world that we think we have to have to be happy. Keep our eyes on Jesus. Follow me, and you're going to have to deny yourself. And then he says you're going to have to pick up your cross. Why? I, when I think of that statement, pick up your cross daily, he is telling us that the cross is an emblem of sacrifice. And here I believe he's saying on a daily basis we're going to have to sacrifice our sins or we're going to have to put to death our sinful nature. On a daily basis we're going to have to put to death our sinful nature. Every day, Jesus says, we must deny self, pick up our cross, and choose to follow the teachings of Jesus and not the world. Every day we must choose to follow the teachings of Jesus and not the world. You remember the man with the plow looking back? Choose to follow your Lord and you quit looking back at the world, people. 
I believe that's the number one thing we can do to become more spiritually fit. It's a daily exercise. We choose to follow every day. We deny self every day. We pick up our cross every day. We put to death our sinful nature on a daily basis. And we choose to follow the teachings of Jesus every day of our life if we want to become more spiritually fit for the purpose of building the kingdom of God. Number two, the number two thing I believe that Jesus uh, would, it would be the number two thing Jesus would instruct us to, to do in our life as Christians. It's a command. And we find it in John 13, verse 34. Jesus says it's in red ink in my Bible. That means he said it. I give you a new command. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you must also love one another. By this, verse 35, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The first one is this, follow me. We hear it in Scripture when he called Simon. He said he, look, he looks at him and says, follow me. He gets to Matthew and he looks at him and says, follow me. Brothers and sisters, in your life, he has said, follow me. And now he's saying, a command I give you. Love. Love everywhere you go. Love everyone you meet. You want to become more spiritually fit for the sole purpose of building the kingdom of God, then you're going to have to love like Jesus loves you. You see, Jesus knows me, and he knows you, and he knows every one of our faults, but he loves us anyway. So the next time you're looking at a man or you're looking at a woman at Walmart who's screaming her head off at her children and you want to hate the person, you need to insert what Jesus would do because he would have compassion and he would love her. You want to become more spiritually fit for the kingdom of God? Start loving like Jesus loves. He says, I want you to follow me, and I want you to follow every move I make. The next time you see me loving on the unlovable person, you reach over there and love on that unlovable person too. Jesus, our instructor, he commands us to have love for one another. It's not a suggestion. It is a command. Jesus says what? By this, all people. Who? The lost. Those that are hell-bound. As Christians, we should certainly care about them. Jesus says if you have love for one another... They'll know. They'll know that you're my disciple. And I think he's also telling us there, if you have love for one another, you have love for everyone you come into contact with, they, those who are lost and hell-bound, will see me. Last week, Dorisville Baptist Church had an opportunity to love on about 1,200 people. 
Now I'm telling you, I don't know how many people exactly got to see Jesus, but there was a lot. We took a hundred and some odd meals to the jail. And every one of those that were in jail, in the cells, got a meal. How many of them got to see Jesus at work? I've heard stories of people who have delivered to different homes throughout. One lady couldn't even get up to open her door, and she said, just bring it on in and set it down. Jesus walked right in her front door that day. Dorsville Baptist Church served the Lord last week by serving others, by loving others. Best instructions Jesus can give us, one is to follow him, two is to love, and then the third today I want to share with you and Remember, he gives us all kinds of instructions for how we should live as Christians. But I believe these are the number one, two, and three. And the number three is this. We find it uh, in uh, Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. It's the Great Commission. You know it. I like to call it the Great Command. Jesus says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Verse 19, Go. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And verse 20, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. I like to take this and shrink it down into two words. You take the first word in verse 19, it's go. And then you take the first half of the first word in verse 20, and it's teach. As Christians, we have a job, and that is to go and to teach. We must be in good spiritual shape for this job. And guys, I cannot stress enough that this is a daily exercise for a Christian. All three of these things that I've mentioned here this morning... To follow, to be a follower of Christ is something you should do every day, not just on Sunday. To love, number two, is something that you should do on a daily basis in your life, not just when you're at church. And three, an exercise that we should do on a daily basis as Christians should be we should go and tell everybody about Jesus. Go and tell. Go and teach. Go and share the good news. Go and spread the gospel. Jesus says, follow me, love others, and go tell everybody you know. And finally this morning, Paul writes, Paul talks about running a race. And we find it in Hebrews 12, uh, 
verses 1 and 2. Paul says, Therefore, since we also have such a large crowd of witnesses surrounding us, hello, Christians, since we've got so many people watching us, Paul says, since we have so many people watching us, Christ's followers, those of us who profess Christ as Lord, since we have so many people watching us, Paul says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us put it behind us. Stay focused on the Lord. And he says, let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. What's he say? Keeping our eyes on Jesus. The source and the perfecter of our faith for uh, who for the joy that lay before him endured a cross and despised the shame and has sat down at the right hand of God's throne. Paul says, let us lay it aside. The weight. What? What weight? The weight of the world that we're packing around. All the sin that ensnares us so easily. You know, you really don't want to sin. But sometimes you just get tangled up in it real quick. Paul says we need to lay it aside, all that weight of the world and the sin that so easily ensnares us, and run this race of life with endurance. Don't give up, Christians. You know, the woman that knocked on my door, what I want to do is grab a hold of her and shake some sense into her. But someone needs to say, don't give up. Don't take your eyes off Jesus. As a Christian, I need to be telling her that. Don't give up. I could have very easily judged her for being a meth user. But I wanted to tell her that no matter what it is she's struggling with, Jesus loves her. And if you stay focused on him and take your eyes off the world, he'll get you through it. As Christians, we need not give up. We must run this race that we're living called life with endurance strength. We must call on the Lord for that strength. Help us. Help us to become stronger. Why? For the purpose of building the kingdom of God. What we've been created to do.
We must be disciplined in our obedience to Jesus' instructions in our life. And finally, and I am done, Hebrews 12, verses 11 and 13, says this. No discipline, or let me put in there, no exercise, seems enjoyable at the time. But sometimes it seems painful. You know, oftentimes the Lord asks us to do things we don't want to do, right? Sometimes that, that hurts even. But no exercise seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. But later on, however, if you stick with it, if you listen to the teachings of Jesus Christ and you apply them to your life, however, the word says, it yields the fruit of peace and righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Exercise, guys, is not an enjoyable thing, even sometimes painful. But if we stick with it, if we stick with spiritual exercise, if we keep our eyes on Jesus and we listen to what he's teaching us and telling us to do, if we apply it to our life, the fruit that it yields is immeasurable. We have no idea. We will have no idea how many people will be touched, will come to know Jesus if we stay focused on his teachings and we try to live the way he wants us to live before others. If we take the teachings of Jesus Christ and we apply it to our lives on a daily basis, the fruit that it yields, guys, is immeasurable. Just like last week, we have no idea how many people were touched by our Easter community dinner. We have no idea how many people were touched by Watoto. We have no idea how many people were touched by Dorsville Baptist Church's youth choir this morning. But if we keep doing what it is, if we keep listening to the words, to the teachings of Christ, and we keep applying it to our life, and we keep living it out on a daily basis, there's no telling who will be touched by the way you live as a Christian. There's no way of knowing. But I tell you one thing. Just as Paul says it, there in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, he says, Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, Christians, you need to hear this because people are watching us. They're watching how we live. They especially want to know how you do things on Monday, the day after you leave church on Sunday. They're watching us.
one final thing, and I'm done. Verse 12 of Hebrews 12, 11 through 13 says this, Therefore, strengthen your tired hands and your weakened knees and make straight paths for your feet. Guys, as Christians, we need to call on the Lord for strength. In this crazy world that we're living in, we need to do it on a daily basis. We need to do it continuously throughout the day. So I finish by asking a question. What does your spiritual fitness look like? I can tell you, my physical fitness looks like I am out of shape. You all know that. Don't have to tell you. My physical fitness, I can tell you and I testify today, I'm out of shape. But my spiritual fitness is getting better. It's not as good as the Lord wants. But it's way better than what it was a few years ago. And that comes from staying focused on the Lord, being obedient to what He wants, saying yes when they ask you to fill in. Okay. How's your spiritual fitness today? Where would you classify? Good, not so good. You know, it's important that you become spiritually fit for the people like the girl that knocked on my door. You know, it was a mystery to our family why she knocked on our door at midnight. But you know, there was a reason. I could have said no, not going to do it, or I could have chose, which I tried to do, to take the opportunity to pour just a little bit more Jesus into her life. As believers in Jesus, as Christians, that's our job, to be Jesus everywhere we go. When they're knocking on your door at midnight, you be Jesus. When they're up there on Thursday night at his table, sharing with your wife about a drug addiction that they have and a fear that they're going to die if they stay in this town because they can't get away from things that are destroying their lives, what do you do? You sit down with them and you listen and you pray with them. You be Jesus. When you find people that are needing meals or food, what do you do as Christians? You be Jesus. You love them. He's called us to follow him and every example that he has given us, and he's called us to love everyone everywhere we go. And he's called us to be ready to go wherever we should need to be, wherever we should need to go or wherever we're called to. So guys, this morning I want to encourage you as Christians. 
to listen to the one, two, and three of Christ. Follow me. Follow my teachings. Apply it to your life. Have compassion and love everywhere you go. And guys, don't be afraid to cross the street and talk to your neighbor about me. Jesus says it's important that you tell others about me. It's important. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for an opportunity to share your truth. Father, we thank you this morning for sending your son to die for our sins, the ones that we have committed, the ones that we will commit today, and the ones that we'll commit in our future. Father, we just can't thank you enough for him. And Jesus, we can't thank you enough for freely giving your life up on a cross for all the wrongs that we do in this world. We thank you, Jesus, for your instruction. We thank you, Jesus, for your teachings. We thank you, Jesus, for calling us to follow you. We thank you, Jesus, for loving us even through all the crazy things we do, Lord. You love us anyway. We thank you for giving us that command to love as you love us. Father, I thank you again for this opportunity, and I pray now that if there's anyone here who has never made the decision to follow Jesus, let today be the day. Perhaps someone's here that has wandered away. And they need to strengthen the relationship with you, Lord. I pray through the Spirit that you speak to them today. Let them know that you love them. Let them know that you want them to come back to you, Lord. And I pray that if there's anyone here that should want to make Dorsville their church home, that they do that today. They step out and say, hey, I kind of like what's going on here. This church serves the Lord by serving others. I want to be a part of that. If there's anyone here today, Lord, that needs to make a decision, I pray right now that you speak to them through the Spirit. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.